Thanks for joining us for today's message. Our mission here at Plum Creek is to help you experience intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. Our hope is that what you hear today will impact and challenge you to love God and the people around you in a whole new way. We'd encourage you to check us out online at PlumCreekOnline.com to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we might have for you or for your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through our website, plumcreekonline.com give or via text. Just text any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. Thanks again for joining us today. Uh, well, my, my name's Gary. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Glad that you are with us. Uh, we are in week two of our I Love My Church series. Everyone's doing good because... Like Stephen said, you got that extra hour of sleep. How many dread this time of year? Yeah, we're all the night people. Like, we, we like our sleep. Well, we're glad that you're with us. And uh, if you've been around Plum Creek for a little while, you, you've maybe heard Doug or even me uh, talk about the fact that uh, we met a long time ago uh, in, in college. We actually met on freshman orientation the very first day. Uh, at a little Christian school outside of, of Chicago. And uh, that, that relationship ended up uh, developing into a friendship. We started out living in the same suite area with seven other guys, six other guys. Uh, but by the second semester of our freshman year, we were roommates and uh, ended up being roommates for about a year and a half. We did all kinds of stuff together at school. We'd study together. We played on intramural sports teams together. We got involved in, in college ministry, led Bible studies together. Eventually, as we uh, went up through the years, uh, got involved in student development and, and became resident assistants. And uh, it was just a, a great, great time as, as, we, uh, as we got started. That all started back in 1987. You believe that? Fall of 1987. I was there uh, when Doug met a girl by the name of Beth Robison. She was a transfer student and uh, eventually uh, became his, his wife. So over those four years of college, Doug and I became best friends, and uh, that friendship has continued. We have now been best friends for almost 29 years. It's hard to believe. I look out there, some of you aren't even 29 years old. After we left college, uh, Doug and Beth got married. I moved back uh, to Minnesota, and we both got involved in, in church ministries and, and started working uh, in the local church, and we would still get together and, and talk all the time, and, and because I was single back in those days, a lot of times I would just go hang out with Doug and Beth for a few days and vacation wherever they happened to be living, and so that was kind of bouncing around the Midwest and eventually uh, to Colorado, but as we would visit and talk, we would often joke about the fact of how awesome it would be to one day be on staff together at, at, at the same church, how, how cool that would be. And when we would talk about that, I, Doug, Doug would always bring it up. He was, he's the dreamer. He's the guy that, that says those kinds of things. I'm much more the conservative, black and white kind of guy, just, you know, things status quo. But as we would talk about those things, I always just put it in the dreamer category, in, in the wishful thinking category. We were both happy doing uh, what, what we were doing. We both were in great churches. So fast forward to the summer of 2005, and I get a phone call from Doug, and he tells me that he really believes uh, God has been speaking to, to him and Beth about starting a church. 
And he's even getting ready to resign his position at, at Timberline Church in Fort Collins. He had been there seven, eight, maybe nine years at that time. And I'm like, really? Like, that's crazy. Then jump forward to another year, summer of 2006, Plum Creek is having its very first monthly preview service. Anyone here for that? August 2006? Not one. Oh, there's a few back there. There's a few. You see, Doug wanted to create a church that people would love to attend, where we would have fun doing life together. In fact, our, our early marketing was finding faith should be fun. Join us on the journey. Raise your hand if you ever saw that marketing here at Plum Creek. Yeah, that lasted a few years. We, we, we talked about that for quite a while. This summer, it's hard to believe, Plum Creek will celebrate 10 years as a church. I can't believe that. Yeah, that's awesome. And believe me, when, when August rolls around, we're, we're going to celebrate it. I hope you're here uh, the, the weekend that, that we celebrate that. But we'll have some fun, fun stuff planned in, in August to celebrate 10 years. But back in those days that I was just talking about, Doug, Doug would sometimes email me documents or information, the journey guide. He'd like, can you just read this stuff over? I've got an eye for editing and accuracy, and, and, uh, and so I would help Doug with that, ha happy to help with that. He'd call me up, and, and he'd bounce ideas off me of, of things that he was thinking of, of doing with the church. And again, I was always happy uh, to, ha uh, to, to help with that. In fact, Amanda and I were even financially supporting Plum Creek, before we, before we were out here. But whenever we would talk, Doug would always just keep saying to me, Gary, you need to come out here and help me. And for whatever reason, and I just kept putting it in that dream category, in that wishful thinking category, Doug's just being Doug. That's just how he is. He's, he's just lonely. Doug's just lonely. I mean, he's a people guy, and he wants people around him. Well, later... I guess it was early fall of, of uh, 2006. He came and spoke at, at my church in Minnesota. We had been doing that for several years where Doug would come out. He'd bring one of his sons with him. And uh, he'd speak on the weekend, and then we'd maybe do a men's event or something like that. So Doug's in Minnesota. He's at my house. We're having just casual conversation. And I remember where everybody was. Doug was sitting uh, at, at the kitchen table typing uh, on, his, on his laptop. My wife Amanda was out on the deck overlooking uh, the golf course that we lived on. I was standing by uh, the kitchen island. And again, we're just having casual conversation. And all of a sudden, I remember right where I was, Doug stopped typing, he looked up at me, and he's like, Gary, I don't even really know why I need to say this, but I feel like I need to say something to you. And of course, my, my ears perk up, I kind of lean in. And he says... I really, really mean it when I say I want you to come. And guys, that was a defining moment for me. Something clicked inside my heart. I knew that my days in Minnesota were coming to an end. And several months later, Amanda and I were living right here in Castle Rock. Now, why I needed that extra little nudge, that, ex that extra little challenge, Gary, I really, really mean it, I don't know. All I know is that something changed. And I have no regrets because I love our church. I love my church. I love getting to work with my best friend. 
I love getting to work and to serve with all the people I get to work with. I love the fact that we have kids' ministries and student ministries and that lives are being changed because of the gospel of Jesus. I love seeing people interact with the amazing grace of God. I love seeing the vision that we had 10 years ago to create a church that people would love to attend. And I know it's not just me who loves this church. I know you love this church. I was talking with a Plum Creeker earlier in the week, and, and I knew what I was going to be talking about. I said, hey, why do you love Plum Creek? He's like, it's easy, and I loved what he said. He said, when I'm there, I look around, and I know I'm not alone in my faith. I'm like, that's good. I need more of this. So I asked our media team to throw it up on Facebook, and, and several of you uh, responded, and so I'm going to read a few of those. I love my church because every message hits home. I love my church because I don't have to be perfect to come. I love my church because it's like a front row seat watching God himself at work. What you see is what you get. I love my church because of the deep relationships we have. It makes serving that much more fun. I love my church because when your children can't wait to go to church every Sunday, you know the Holy Spirit is moving. I love my church because when I walk through the door, I see Jesus everywhere. I love that one. So last week, Pastor Doug kicked off our, our series with, with his main thought, which was this, that church isn't something that is supposed to be tolerated. It's something that's supposed to be celebrated. Jesus Christ promised to build his church, and he invited us to come along and to be a part of it. And last week, we, we talked about how we might get weird looks because we talk about church so much, or that we're always talking about what our journey group is doing, or what we're doing with our friends from church, or that people actually look happy out in our atrium, that they're smiling and there's laughter and people are giving high fives and hugs. We love that there are signs, that when you pull into our property, it says, welcome, we're glad you're here. You look great. Don't you love that sign? I mean, who's going to tell you, you look great today. That's awesome. I love that we've, we've got coffee. I love that we can dress casually, even super casually. Like Doug said last week, people are going to think we're in a cult because we're so happy to be here. We're, we're just enjoying church too much. So it made me think, well, a cult, maybe, maybe I need to look that up. What, what is a cult? So I looked on dictionary.com, and you need three things to be a cult. Number one, a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist. Well, that's not true. Number two, with members, that's you guys, with members often living outside of conventional society, and that's not true. Number three, under the direction of a charismatic leader. <laughs> so I can say with confidence, we are 66.6% .6 not a cult, all right? Now believe me, I, I'm joking, I'm joking, okay? We are not a cult. I'm going to say it right into the camera. We are not a cult. And you're thinking, but that's what a cult guy would say. <laughs> We're not a cult. Here's the problem. It's your fault. You guys go out there and you talk so positively about church and, and you talk so positively about things that are going on, people are going to misunderstand. Why are you guys such, such raving fans of 
church. But you see, I believe that's the way it's supposed to be. This should be normal. And I'm not, I'm not talking about style. I'm not talking about decorations. I'm not talking about traditional or contemporary. I'm not talking about loud or soft or bright or dim. I'm, I'm not talking about any, of, about any of that. I'm talking about energy. I'm talking about excitement. I'm talking about having people fill the seats. You see, when you run in pastoral cir circles like we do, you, you, you'll hear weird things like this. Well, they, meaning us, well, they must be doing something wrong if they've got so many people. They must not be following the Bible because if they were following the Bible, they wouldn't have so many people. And I'm like, really? I mean, have you ever read the book of Acts where 3,000 people joined the church in one day? Now, thankfully, that, that mindset has changed, but that's, we ran into that when the church was just getting started. And I'm so grateful that that mindset has changed here in Castle Rock over the last 10 years. But you see, in so many people's minds, church is supposed to be flat, supposed to be serious. Church is supposed to be boring. But we believe just the opposite, that it's to be exciting, that, it's, that there's to be energy, and that finding faith should be fun. It should be normal for people to bring up church in the marketplace or at their school or in their neighborhoods. It should be normal that people are excited to talk about it. It should be normal. And the reason we do what we do every weekend, and not just the staff, but the hundreds of volunteers who help us pull this off weekend after weekend, isn't because we're doing church just to do church. You see, we don't have a parking team just to have a parking team, we don't think you guys don't know how to park. That's not why we have a parking team. If you never knew this, I'm going to tell you. We have a parking team because we want from, from the very first moment somebody turns on our property to have someone smiling and waving at them and telling them, we're glad you're here. We don't have kids ministry just to take care of kids, just to teach children some cute stories about the Bible, or worse yet, to, to, to babysit them. The reason we have kids ministries is because we have adults and high school students that love kids, that are praying for those kids during those programs, and that are having the opportunity to tell them about the God of the universe who loves them, and that the God of the universe is someone they can have a relationship with and that can be trusted with everything. That's why we have kids programming. We're not doing all of this just so that people can come here on a weekend and, and check a box or alleviate some guilt. The reason that we are doing this is because we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You see, we believe that when lives intersect with the amazing grace and love of our God, demonstrated through the life, death, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, it changes us. When the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead intersects with our lives, it changes us. 
And so that's why we have as a vision this statement that Doug introduced a few months back that our vision is change lives, changing lives. Because again, when we believe that when you intersect, when your life, when your friend's life, when your kid's life intersects with the power of God, it will change us. And then we want to see people living out the GFO life. That's our mission. We want people having such an intimate relationship with God that it changes them, that they're intentional with their family so that it changes, that they're, influ they're influential with other people in their sphere of influence so that it changes those around them. Change lives, changing lives. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have our weekends. Because on our weekends, we are trying to create environments where there's kids and there's teenagers and single adults and married adults and young people and old people and families and everyone in between who can begin to experience and connect with the relevance of Scripture as it relates to our everyday lives. That's why we do what we do. The GFO life intersecting, when we're leaning into those relationships, it will change us. And so you come on the weekend and then we're going to encourage you to get involved in Starting Point, which is a class where you can learn more about who we are as a church, where you can find out where you can plug in, where you can ask the questions that you need to, need to ask. So we invite you to come to Starting Point. And there you're going to be challenged to get inside of a journey group because we believe when you're rubbing shoulders with other people that are on the journey of, of finding faith and growing in their faith, that you're going to grow, that that's going to, that's going to be helpful, that there's going to be an iron sharpening iron kind of relationship. And then we're going to encourage you to serve because we believe once our lives have been impacted and changed that we're going to want to do that for other people. We're going to want to continue to help Plum Creek reach out and impact other people's lives. We believe that once our lives have been changed, we're going to want to help change other lives, show and tell them about Jesus and invite them into the experience. And so this cycle continues. That you come on the weekend and you get involved, but anywhere along this way, you're, you're having opportunity to bring other people in to the, into the Plum Creek life and into the GFO life experience because we believe that changed lives can change lives. And we believe that should be normal. We think it should be normal to hear about kids giving their hearts to Jesus at Kids Jam or Verge or at VBS. We think it should be normal that families are being helped right here in Plum Creek to adopt children and it's literally happening this month. We think it should be normal to provide meals to families in need at Southridge Elementary. We think it should be normal that people get excited about sponsoring little boys and girls in Honduras or the Philippines and that we're going to help develop centers that they can go to school at. We think it should be normal when adults and students want to serve in our ministries. We think it should be normal when people want to give 10% of their income or more to the work of the local church. Or when students and families want to go overseas on mission trips. Or when adults want to be in relationship with other adults in journey groups. We think it should be normal. We think it should be normal that broken marriages are brought back together. We think it should be normal that we would gather on a weekend like we're doing and sing with excitement and smiles on our faces or maybe tears running down our cheeks as we sing and worship our God and make much of who He is and celebrate all that He's done for us. We think that should be normal. We think it should be normal that we get to see people being baptized 
on a weekend, and we get to see that every, every few weekends. You see, I can't imagine being an, adult, uh, being an adult sitting in a service for years, maybe your entire life, and never having the opportunity to clap or to shout or to say amen or to say, I am so excited about what God is doing, what the power of the gospel is doing in someone else's life. We think that should be normal. That we would hear the story of, of someone who would say, you know, my life was, was such a mess. I was going in the wrong direction, far from God. And a friend of mine said to me, you know what? You ought to go to church with me. And I went. And I was surprised. Because it wasn't what I, what I was expecting. The, the people were nice. They were real. As I got to know them, I began to find out that they've got the same issues, problems, hang-ups, even addictions that I have. But they love me, and they're trying to do life differently, and they talk about following Jesus and about putting the, the principles of Scripture into their life. Because we believe that when you begin to do that, when you begin to obey and listen to the principles of Jesus and incorporate them into your life in the way that you handle your marriage or the way that you raise your kids or the way that you handle your finances or the way that you manage relationships or the way that you use your time, the way that you manage your morality or your ethics, it will change you. I believe that's why you're here. I know that's why I'm here. I believe it's why our kids want to be here. And I'm not just saying that because I work here. Believe me, if I was not on staff here and we lived in this community, this would be the church I would want my family to be a part of. I'm excited to be here and I miss it when I'm gone and I miss it when you're gone. Why shouldn't it be normal that people love to serve, that people love to give, that people love to be involved? I think we should be shocked at anything other than that. Why wouldn't every local church be so energized and so excited about the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God, to the point where people are so excited that they want to come, they want to serve, they want to participate? We think that should be normal. So one day Jesus is walking along, and, and uh, this is early on in, in his ministry, it's the time when he's He's done some teaching, he's even done a few miracles, and he's starting to gather people around him. And, and he's even inviting some of them into a closer relationship with him, kind of inviting them in to his inner circle. And there's this guy by the name of Philip. And Philip had heard and he had seen some of the things that Jesus was doing. And in John chapter 1, we read this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And he's not talking about like, follow me down the street. He's inviting him to be his disciple. He's inviting him to come into close relationship, to follow him, to be a student, to be a learner. And it's going to mean changing some things. It's going to mean giving up some things. And Philip says, I'm in. I've seen enough, heard enough, I'm in. And what happens next is so cool because Philip goes and finds his friend Nathaniel. And he says to, Na to Nathaniel, We have found the Messiah. Look at this next verse. 
Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael, remember when, when we were little kids, we'd sit outside of, of the synagogue and, and we'd hear the teachers and they'd be talking about one day, one day a Messiah is coming. One day a Savior is coming. Remember when, when we heard that, Nathanael? Well, we think we've met him. And not only met him, he, he's asked me to, to come into his inner circle and to follow him. And Nathaniel, I want you to come too. Nathaniel says in verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? I mean, it's not exactly Messiah country. I don't, I don't know that I'd want to associate with anyone from Nazareth. And I love Philip's response. I've actually never even really seen it before because I've always kind of focused on that Nazareth. Look what Philip says. Come and see. Just come and see. I dare you. I know. I, I can't argue with you. I can't convince you. I, I'm sure you don't think there is anything that you can relate to about a guy from Nazareth. Just, just come and see. And Nathanael did. And he talked with Jesus and he became one of his disciples. And I love that phrase. And I love that little piece of history because I believe that is what Plum Creek and every local church should be about. Just come and see. Just come and see. Listen, listen I know you don't think you can relate. Just come and see. I know, I, I know you've told me about that horrible church experience you've had, but just come and see. I know you, you've never even been to church in your life. That, that's okay. Just come and see. I know you've got questions. I know you've got hang-ups about what you think is going to happen. It's okay. Just, just come and see. You see, the Bible says we are the body of Christ. You and me. We are the body of Christ, which means the closest that anyone will ever get to being with the person of Jesus Christ is when they're with his church, the body. As cool as it is to be, to be on a mountaintop and have a, have a great encounter with God when you're all alone, as cool as that is, it's not better than this. As important as your, as your uh, quiet time is in the morning, and spending time with our God on a, on a regular basis, as important as it is, not as cool as this. The best it's ever going to get this side of heaven in terms of the physical presence of Jesus is when you're together with his body. Because when you're with the body of Christ and it's functioning the way that it's supposed to be, when the body of Christ is functioning, hitting on all cylinders, it's a come and see environment. You just got to come and see this, Matt. You just got to come and see this, Cindy. You just got to come and see this, Mary. You just got to come and see this, Nathaniel. Gary, I, I don't even know why I need to say this, but I really, really mean it. You just need to come and see. You may not get all of your questions answered. 
It's probably not going to change your life overnight. But there will be something so real and so practical that you might even say, I see Jesus everywhere. So almost 10 years ago, we decided that we wanted to create a come and see environment right here in the town of Castle Rock. And we didn't do this to have a cool place for our families to come on the weekend or or to do the respectable thing. It's not a show. It's a come-and-see environment for kids. It's a come-and-see environment for adults. It's a come-and-see environment for students so that we can be in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So everything we do, from the parking lot guys, to the greeters, to the ushers, to the coffee, to the children's workers, to the ki- uh, adults that work with our student ministries, to the musicians, to our tech people, to the journey group leaders, and all the people I haven't mentioned that help put on what we do weekend after weekend, and all of the staff, everything we do is to help create a come and see environment. And we... We may not do it perfectly, and in fact, I know we won't do it perfectly, but I promise you, we will always do it intentionally. And we'd love to have your help. That's why there's a, there's a serve card in your row. And these are, these are in your row weekend after weekend. And this isn't going to be a hard sell to get involved, but I will tell you, we need help. We always are, are looking for people to help us continue on in our mission. And here's the question I would want to ask you. If you say you love your church, why wouldn't you serve? How would you connect the statement, I love my church, I don't want to serve? How how would you do that? So we would love to invite you in to helping us do what we're continually trying to do because we want our town, we want our valley, we want our schools, we want our neighborhoods to be changed. And we want to have a place that we could come and say, I love my church. And it's not about a weekend or a person or a message or an event. It's a combination of it all. Because when Plum Creek is being everything our Lord and Savior designed it to be, when the gospel is going forward, whether that's in a baptism video or a kid coming to to know Jesus in Verge, or sponsoring a little boy in Honduras, or listening to a message on a weekend and having something awaken inside of you, others will see change lives, changing lives. Because the gospel, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, has been changing lives for over 2,000 years, and it's not going to stop. So that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we're going to continue to try and do. Because we want more and more people to experience a changed life. So last week we started praying and we created a a visual up here on stage. We started praying and asking you to pray for people that you know in your circles of influence who are far from Jesus or who who need to have a life-changing experience, a life-changing experience relationship with Jesus Christ and we asked you to write their name on one of these plastic balls on stage and then to put it in the container and then we're going to continue to pray for these people 
And if you weren't here last weekend, that's totally fine. There's still some, some balls on stage, and, and you can just come up after, after the service ends and write those names on there and, and drop them in the container. But here's what I want today to be about. Today I'm challenging you not to just commit to praying for them, but to bringing them on Easter weekend. And so when you sat down today, there's this little invite card that, that we put on your chairs. And all this is, is is a reminder piece. It's a reminder for you to be praying. It's a reminder for you about when the services are. It's also a great and simple opportunity to put in someone's hand and, and to tell them that you'd love to see them come on Easter weekend. But do more than just invite them. Bring them. That's different. That's going to take more intentionality. Bring them. On our Facebook page, that same graphic exists, and so if you're a Facebooker, use that to, to share and invite people through social media. You know, there's almost 60,000 people in this town, and it's growing. Let me assure you, there, there should be no competition with the other churches because there are plenty of people to go around. In fact, I was doing a little very unscientific math this week, but I I looked at all the the service times and all the churches that are in the the city limits of of our town, and a generous estimate, if if every service that every church is currently offering, if every service was packed packed full, a generous estimate would be maybe 20,000 people are in church on a weekend. You know what that means? There's almost 40,000 people living in our city limits that are unconnected to a local church. Sometimes we'll hear the comment, man, we're getting so big. Aren't we big enough? Here's what I think is funny about that. You didn't ask the question when you were looking for a church. When it was you and your family that that wanted to plug in, you were glad that we had room for you. What if we changed our thinking from aren't we big enough to how can we get more people to come and see? How can I get my neighbors, my family members, my my co-workers, my, my friends at school, how can I get them to come and see? How can I live the GFO life so authentically that others will want to come and see? So we're not going to stop, not until every single person and every single church is so fired up and so excited and so full of energy and so pumped up about the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is changing lives. We're not going to stop until there's nobody left. So don't just invite them, bring them. You do the work that you can do. God will do the work that he can do. Let's pray. And Father, we we just thank you for the chance we've had to be together this weekend. And God, it is so true that you're the only one that can change a life. You're the only one that can change a heart. But God, you invite us in to this this, uh, ministry and relationship with you. You give us the opportunity to bring others to hear the gospel and to live a life that is so authentic that people would want to hear. And so God, I pray that you'll give us courage, that you'll give us confidence to go out and to tell people that they need to come and see on Easter weekend. 
And Lord, I pray for these names that are represented in this container on stage. God, I pray for these names and others that will be added to it and others that are just on our prayer list that you will even right now begin to be working in their hearts that they'll have an answer yes when we invite them to come. And God, we give that all to you. We leave that all in your hands. We'll do what we can do, God. You do what you can do. And we will praise you for it. We love you, God. Pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, congratulations. We are so excited for you, and we'd love to equip you with some resources, some next steps, and a complimentary gift. Just text the word FAITH to 40650. And if today you just need to talk to someone or would like to have someone pray with you, you can call our church office at 303-663-1714 and one of our pastors would be happy to spend some time with you. From everyone here at Plum Creek, have a great day.